What it is, RJLA family. I am Angela Birdsong, your conversation piece host on RJLA Morning Wake Up Call at radiojustice.org. For something new or unusual to talk about for stimulating conversation for you on the bus, train, plane, or simply at the water cooler or in Cubicle Nation. Today, my guest is Althea Moses, a Belizean, number one international best-selling author, Olympian, consultant, personal coach, speaker, model, lead group fitness trainer, and entrepreneur. Born and raised in Belize before immigrating to Los Angeles and Inglewood, California, she also created the exercise Althea, A-L-T-H-E-A, of which the office of the First Lady, Michelle Obama, recognized Althea, the exercise, and its creator, Ms. Moses. On Conversation Peace, my fellow UCLA alumnae shares her international bestseller, Irresistibly Fit, the story of coming to America from Belize, overcoming molestation and abuse, and her journey to become a record-breaking Olympian. This Saturday, join the Motivational Fitness Event of the Year, the official book launch of number one international bestseller, Irresistibly Fit, by three-time Olympian Althea Moses. <laughs> July 7th, 3 to 5 p.m. at Inglewood Library Lecture Hall, 101 West Manchester Boulevard in Inglewood. Althea Moses, welcome to Conversation Peace. Thank you so much. It's an honor, Angela, to be on <clears throat> Excuse me, your show, Conversation Peace. Thank you for having me on. Oh, thank you for being, being um, available to come and, and visit and grace us with your Olympian presence. And I just have to say that um, just so that you guys know out in our JLA family world, I've known Althea for, for a long time. Lost contact for a long time, (laughs) but, (laughs) but, um, but know about, um, part of her journey when she was in high school at Morningside High School and when she matriculated over to UCLA as a freshman, because that, that's my school also. Um, and, and then she, you know, she ran track for the school that, that I attended Mm -hmm. and, um, so it, this is very refreshing to have a guest um, where you get to get to see them um, decades later, decades later, and that you're you're doing well. And when I read your book, I was thinking, oh my goodness, I had no idea that these things were happening to you, or that some of these things had happened to you in Belize, and and the and just how you know how tenacious you were because of the love of your mother and because of her love for God and God in you guys household that, that you, you knew that I need to do some things that my mother couldn't do with her life. That's correct. And, um, 
and we were going to have her mother here with us today, but we're going to have her mother maybe another time on on the show yes. um, in in the future. Maybe maybe when we end the ninety nine day um, irresistibly fit challenge with Boss Lady of Fitness Althea Moses. Yep, the whole title has to go together. <laughs> it's, it's, it, yeah, yeah got to put the whole, got to put the whole title together for for sure. Now, chapter one in your in your book. It reads like a lifetime movie. Yes. Yeah. I, I've reread it and I've reread it and yes, I agree. Yes. It, it's deep. Very, very deep. And you, so take us to Belize. Okay. And what, you know, what was life like in, in, in Belize? It was bittersweet. I grew up fearfully. It was it was a fearful childhood when my father was around. Let's say that. And so uh, I lived in Belize for the first ten years of my life with my mother and my father. And my uh, my parents were teenagers when I was born. My mother was fourteen and my father was seventeen years old. But he was responsible when it came to making sure that I had a roof over my head, food, and clothes on my back. And so. Uh, I respect him for that, but it was fearful because he was an abuser. He was verbally abusive. He was physically abusive to my mother, and I saw that from I was about three, three years old. And uh, so that experience, seeing that for those um, seven years that I can remember uh, from age three to about ten, was uh, it helped me to decide that I needed to to not to prepare myself to not ever be in that situation like my mother that I saw my mother went through and what what parts of it that you wanted to make sure that you weren't a part of was it just of course the obvious not being in an abusive relationship yes but you also t- speak in your book seeing gifts and talents that your mom had that she never could fully develop. Yes, yes, very good. Education. She didn't get the education that she desired because of her childhood. Her mother left her, abandoned her and her, uh, I believe, nine siblings or eight siblings um, and came to America, Los Angeles, left, the, left all of them with her mother, and, um, which is my grandmother. And so uh, she suffered. And she suffered badly, so she went from homes to homes. Um, and um, one day she decided she wasn't going to put up with the, the mistreatment that my, gran- my great-grandmother gave her. Um, so she went to Belize. And she did find a family who treated her nicely, and that's where she met my, my father. And they started their lives, because I came along a year later. And uh, he put up put us up in a house because he was still living at home with his parents. He was 17 years old when I was born. <laughs> so he, uh, he did find a, a two-room, a one-room um, house and rented it for my mother and me. And then eventually he moved in. Um, but that's, he was controlling. He controlled my mother's life. And so she um, tolerated it because she had no family. It was it was just him. Yes, her father was still around in in Corazal town, but he wasn't. He was an absentee father for most of her life. 
So I, uh, my mother made a decision that um, because she couldn't get education um, while she was raising us as a teenage mom, that she would make sure that we do. And so she would buy books for us and read them to us, make sure she check our homework, uh, t uh, help us with tests and so on from Belize. And it continued when we came to here, to um, Los Angeles. So she was adamant that we were not gonna have that kind of life, not on her watch. Because from all of our school days to um, high school, our senior year, she stayed on us about getting an education that it became a broken record in our house. <laughs> you get an education, get an education. So, yes, I decided as a young girl in Belize that I'm going to get an education. It, it ha I have to get an education so I cannot, I won't live this kind of life that I'm seeing my mother live. And it wasn't only my mother. I saw it in our community with other females in our family as well as the neighbor, the neighborhood. Oh, describe the community with it's, the things you saw. It was, people would say it's poor because, uh, uh, you don't have fancy cars and fancy clothes. Uh, we didn't have a TV. We didn't have a telephone. We didn't have a, we, we had a bathtub, but there was no shower set up. So we would have to go downstairs and put uh, water into, the, into a bucket to put it into the tub to bathe. So we didn't have the luxuries that, which is just standard nowadays. Showers are standard here in Los Angeles, but we didn't have all of that in Belize. And uh, we, we ate the basic food, rice and beans and um, stewed chicken, which is our Belizean standard food. And uh, for milk, I had never had milk out of, you know, the cow's milk before until I came to America. In Belize, we made the milk from condensed milk, put it in water, and we stir it. That's how, that's the milk I had growing okay. up in Belize. Right. And so it was a poor People would consider it a poor upbringing because of our socioeconomic status. We didn't. My father was the only bread um, money earner in the house, and, and until my mother decided that um, she didn't like what he was giving her, which wasn't much, and she became an entrepreneur, and that's I saw that model in my house, making um, bread and bun and um, popsicle sewing clothes because, she, as I mentioned in the book, she, she had a desire to be a, a, a fashion designer from she was about three years old, and she's really good at it. So she used to draw in pictures of fancy gowns when, I, when we were in Belize, so I knew that she was talented, and then she started sewing for the people in the neighborhood. So we had people in and out um, of our house because of the food she was selling, the beverages she sold in her mini store, and uh, her... Um, her sewing business. She was a seamstress. Right. So I, I, I saw that I had to get an education, one, because she required it, and I didn't want to live that kind of life. I felt that since she didn't get an education, she, fin she only finished, I think, fourth grade in Belize, um, because she didn't get an education that she's having to tolerate with my abusive controlling father and I don't ever want to when I become an adult I'm not having any man control and abuse me once I see it I need to move on because I will be educated and I will have my own money I will build businesses so that's you know that's life in 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 Belize was it was it was difficult 
difficult. For the most part, when my father was around, let's right. say that. Because my mother did provide a nurturing home. Mm-hmm. It was warm. She was loving. Although she was strict, she didn't take she didn't take stuff from us. Right. She, she she did it, and she always, when she disciplined us, she said, I'm doing this because I love you. And so eventually I started to believe it. She must love us because she's not allowing us to get away with anything. So, uh, and I didn't like whipping, so I, I learned really, really early that. <laughs> to, let me listen. I'm going to listen, and I'm going to do whatever she says the first time. Because she always said, you listen the first time. If I say jump, you ask me how high. She didn't play. And right. she was a teenage mother. It was amazing that she raised five girls yes. as a teenage mother. Right. How old was she when she had the last child? 19. 19. She just kept having them. Wow. Yep. Wow. 19. And, and then in your book, you have um, a dedication page to your mother, which is, which is beautiful. I, I really would love to read it all um, right now on the air, but that means you have to buy the book. You have to get you have to get the book. You have to get the book so so that you can read it. But but you you thank your mother for modeling healthy living habits, not abusing your body with multiple men, drinking alcohol, smoking, and excess Food. foods. That's right. And I mean, you know, you're at you're thanking her for for other things for such as thanks for your courage to stand up and to leave daddy in 1980. Mm-hmm. You demonstrated that daddy's time was up and you weren't afraid of traveling far away from your emotional and physical abuser. That's just two of the maybe eight paragraphs where you're um, where you dedicate you, you say some clear, thankful and gratefulness towards your mother yes. um, in, in the book. Um, she deserves it. Rightfully so, and, and yes. And it's been, it's been I'm, I'm uh, almost 50 years old, and I told you I remember far back as three when my father was abusing my mother. And so it's been, I feel this is the time for the world to know uh, that my mother, in spite of what she went through, she raised an Olympian. She raised a boss lady. Actually, all five of my four sisters and I were all business owners. She did this in spite of her turbulent life from childhood to teenage and and adulthood. She was adamant about making sure that we didn't have that kind of life. And we don't because we listen to her. Because you listen to her. Yes, we listen. Right. Listening to mama. That's always, always <laughs> important. And, and yeah. hopefully, you, you know, that you, you learn that sooner than, than, than later. Um, before, before we go a little further into the book, um, because now we, we just described the life and beliefs. And we know that your mom had made a first attempt to to leave Belize. Very good. Yes. Yes. When I was about six months old, my grandmother was contact was in touch with my mother. She was living in Los Angeles. And by letter, they were contacting each other, I believe, by letter and sometimes by telephone. And so my grandmother sent someone to bring my mother and me to live with her in Los Angeles with her new family. But my father, at first he said okay, because he thought we were just going on vacation. And then he changed his mind the day we were supposed to leave. So 
Do you want me to say, we'll have them read the book? <laughs> <laughs> well, well, no, let's, well, well, we obviously know that you guys made it. <laughs> so, <okay>. <laughs> because <laughs> you're, you know, you, you end up coming here to, to, to America. But, but and, and with us saying the first attempt, the first, we, we know the first attempt didn't, that's correct. Did, didn't transpire. Yes, he stopped. Right. But the second, the, the second great getaway in 1978. We started where? planning it. You started plan. Oh, we started planning in it in 1978. 1978. Yes, because he did something so heinous, heinous yes. to her that she had to go further away from him because she left him many times. But Belize is too small, right? And although there were no cell phones at the time, people talk, right? Message word, get around. Saw your woman here. I saw your woman there. Right, because your father had another family. Yes. Right, another he did, woman. He started another family. Right. Still married to your mother, but... He, they never married. She did get an engagement ring. Oh, okay. But she broke it off because of the, he's had another woman. He had other women. Okay. Not just one, but he had the one that he started having children with. Okay. And expected her to deal with it, or accept it. Right, and and that's hurtful, whatever the situation is. Yes. Yeah, So Your betrayal. So that second getaway was he did that heinous thing to her where she reached out to her mother and she told her she pleaded with her mother, please come and get me or he's I'm, he's going to kill me. She really, really felt that he was going to kill her. And so she told her the last thing she told her mother was that if you don't come for me, you're going to come to bury me. And my grandmother worked on it. She said, just be patient. I'm coming. Just be patient. And so they started working on the great getaway. The great getaway. The getaway plan, 1978. In 1978. I was eight years old. Yes. Right. Wow. Okay, so let's let's take a break here. Okay. And when we come back, we'll talk about the great getaway and how you um, got here to America. Okay. Yes. All right. You are listening to Conversation Peace. And we are on RadioJustice.org with author and Olympian Althea Moses as we discuss her journey and transforming her mind, spirit, and body temple. We'll be right back. From the back porch, back then with dreams of a stack fortune. Black kid with dreams by any means that sees himself holding keys to a black portion. That American pie, he just won a portion. Product of that environment that he was forced in. Change course when it's out of control. Fill it down in my soul. Fast forward and foresee that fork in the road. Listen, mention you want a road for a car whipping. It's mind bending. Open your eyes, I'm bending the rules. Time ticking, the time's different. On a globe with every soul trying to survive in it. That's the, that's the main concern Whole hood celebrate when the tables turn You see, feels like I'm more on the cusp Great forever, forever's not long enough Welcome back to Conversation Peace I am your host Angela Birdsong With founder and fitness director of Althea Moses Health and Fitness Michael Beckwith, founder of Agape International Spiritual Center Described her book, Irresistibly Fit As the definition of an Olympian soul Fierce, yet tender. Hurt, yet undamaged. Disciplined, yet flexible. Famous, yet humble. 
that you are a trustworthy guide. Althea is a trustworthy guide on the path of physical, mental, and spiritual transformation. He further says, so breathe, open, and let her journey heal and bless your life. That's amazing. That was, I reached out to him by email and he responded. Within a couple of weeks, he he sent that back to me. I was so, I'm still touched every time I read it. Yes. 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 So the 1978, you guys are planning the escape. You actually put it into play because there, it's when when you're when I read those pages and you're you guys were planning to leave and then your father decides to come home. He's living with this other woman and and the children he procreated with this other woman. But for whatever he decided, he's coming home yes. the night that you guys were getting ready to get up and go. Yes. Right. So you guys had to act like you're asleep on the floor yes. as five five little girls mm-hmm. asleep on the floor, totally obedient to your mom, obviously. Yes. Um, and, and frightened Very. also because you know what happens when he comes home. That's correct. And you know what happened the last time he came home. Yes. And so he, he comes there, he leaves, and you guys are able to, to go because I understand in the book that your mom – Told you guys not to talk to anyone we, about it. We cut off every, cut off all the cousins, every family member. We cut off even our neighbors, our friends. We couldn't tell them anything. Right. Except for one person yes. who held your luggage and your important documents. That's correct. Yes. My mother had a friend who uh, promised her that she would help her get away. And so she held everything um, at her house, which was not too far away. And um, she was told to bring everything at the at the uh, bus station the next morning, an hour before we were supposed to de- depart. Right. And she did that. And right. my mother also told my, of course, my mother's family, they knew. They wanted her to get away from him a long time ago. And so um, she did, um, we did have my aunt, Laverne, who was there helping us get dressed on, in the uh, restroom. Okay. And and so you guys migrate from Belize. And for for those of you guys who don't know where Belize is, if you haven't Googled it already, where is Belize? <laughs> Belize is in Central America. It is near, um, it's right under Mexico, on the border of um, Chetomal, Mexico, and uh, Guatemala and Honduras. And Belize is the only English-speaking country in Central America. Yeah. Yeah. It was colonized by Britain. Right. Wow. And it used to be called British Honduras. Oh, yes. Okay. And they okay. changed the name to Belize, I think, in the 70s. In the 70s. Okay. Yeah. Okay. I remember I remember hearing some people say British Honduras. Mm-hmm. Okay. And so then you guys left Belize and came up through Mexico. Yes. It took us, um, it's supposed to take about three days to go by bus, but it took longer because there, were, there was a problem. We came up on a problem when um, we got to one of the bus stations. We were given the wrong information. So we were just sitting there waiting for another bus to come, I believe, and the bus never came. So there was a, uh, I believe in God sending angels on our path to help us, and an angel stopped. And he asked us, what are we doing here? And it was a good thing that my mother uh, spoke Spanish, so they were able to communicate. 
and he asked, what are you doing out here? The policia will pick you up. And so um, she pleaded with him to help us, and he did. And so that's how we ended up in their home for, I think, a couple of days before we, we came over the border. Wow. Put all of us up. I think it was nine of, nine of us in his house. My four sisters, mm-hmm. an aunt and uncle, two uncles and an aunt and my mother. Okay, okay, because you, you left them out of the book. <laughs> <laughs> I did. I think, I think you did. No, because I, I, you know, when I'm reading the book, I am, am, in my mind's eye, I see, you know, you, your four sisters, and your mother. I didn't know that there were other families. So that makes it even, like, yes. Even even deeper, even more rich of of a story. That, yes, yeah, that. very good. My my grandmother, uh, when she came back to Belize, she had intentions to bring anyone that she left or abandoned to come with her for a better life. And so, three, four of her kids took her on. Remember, she left nine. Right. So four of them did come. My mother, two of her brothers, and one of her sisters. There were nine of us. Wow. Yeah, that's yeah. And and then you and then is this at the point where you got molested? Yes. Okay. Okay. And and of course you didn't tell anybody because you were told by not, the molester not to tell. That's correct. And I right. was ten. Right. I was ten years ten and a half years old when it happened. Right. Right. Yeah. Wow. I'm sorry. Thank you. Yeah. I haven't. This is the first time I'm talking about it publicly outside of the book. Right. Right. Yeah. Um, yeah. The, this this is one of the um, incidents that occurred in your life that I was totally clueless about when I knew you when you were in high school. Um, had no idea. Because I didn't tell anybody. Right. I didn't even tell my mother. Right. Did she, she found out when you wrote the book? No, I told, my grandmother was dying um, in 2008. I told her before she died. Wow. I felt she needed to know. Right. Right. And, but who, now, because you were molested twice, you were molested. By the same person. It's the same person. Oh my goodness! Okay, it was yeah. a family member, right? Yeah, I yeah, because I know that the second time it, it was a family member. The first time you said it, I was under the assumption that it was maybe one of the families. I mean, you know that 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 you stayed with um, to get here to America. I didn't realize that it was the person that was with you guys. Yes, that 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 came with you. Yes. Whoa. Wow. Okay, and you and you held on to that until two thousand and eight. Let me think for a moment. My grandmother had a, a major heart attack. I think it was two thousand six. Two thousand six. It was right. two thousand six. She died in two thousand eight, and that, I believe it was two thousand six. I told her. So twenty six years. Yeah. Twenty six years. I held on to that. Right. And I didn't tell my mother. You didn't tell your mother. No. I just. I was afraid of my. Abuser or molester, I mean. Yes. Uh, because he was, um, <clears throat> he's not the p- type of person you tell on. Let's say that. 
Okay. Yeah. Okay. So All right. Yeah. I, I did tell uh, my mother and my mother, I must say he did apologize because mm-hmm. I told him the next day that I told my mother. And he was, he apologized to my mother. Okay. He did. So he, he tried to make amends mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. after I told her. Right. Right. Well, um, I, and, you know, you guys have, you, you most definitely, now, now you guys know why I said that the, the beginning parts of the book reads like a lifetime um, movie. And it's, you know, we may have laughed when we said, said that, but we, we know that this is a very um, serious um, ac- incident, a serious action, a serious um, um, violation of trust. And uh, we know that um, some, for some people it takes a lifetime of healing before, before you can come to terms with it. 26 years before um, Althea was able to even break the silence True. on it. So thank you for breaking the silence on it because somebody reading your book or listening to, to the show it may encourage them to to break their silence. And that's one of the reasons I decided to put it in the book. Because I, I found a quote as I researched for this book from Dr. Martin Luther King says, said uh, something about being silent. Mm-hmm. The exact quote. Do you remember reading it? No, you know, I don't. I don't remember um, there it is. reading that. Dr. Martin Luther King's junior quote says, on page 12, our life begins the day we stop being silent. I decided to stop being silent and move on with my life to be authentic. Oh, yes, I see it. Right, right. Page, page 12. I did read it. I did. Read it. <laughs> <laughs> it's, I, I did. It's 250 words. So I don't expect you to remember everything. <laughs> every word, right. Every word, every word, I mean, right. 250 pages, just about. Right, right, right. <laughs> yes, but I, that helped me because I yeah. thought about withholding it. Yes. But I felt it would, I, I need to start being authentic. And I learned to be authentic uh, when I started my, uh, I started taking classes in 2010. Mm-hmm. And I think I mentioned that in the spirituality chapter. Right, in the spirituality chapter, that I think that you start that um, after after you become an Olympian. Yes, yes, that's right. So we can talk about that later. <laughs> no, no, no. Let's you know we you know we can we can go back and forth in the book because we read it. <laughs> we, we we read it, so we we can we can go um, back back and forth in it. But you I, I, know, I I think when when people because you know um, you know here especially here in Los Angeles. In, in California, people like, oh, another fitness book. But this is not, not just another fitness book. That's what I said. That's, that's what I wrote. Right, right. <laughs> it's not. <laughs> right. It's not, it's not just another fitness book. Because when, when, you, when you hear, when you read your story about your, where, you came, where you came from, and, and it took 26 years to break the silence, and now here we are again. It, you started writing the book in 2014? Uh, 2012, and I finished in 13. Okay, 2012. So that was a whole nother period of silence yes. until you put it in print yes. for for the world yes. to see and, and, to, and to, to know. Um, 
when you when you know about that part, then you understand, you know, the importance of you meshing together the mind, spirit, and body. Because it's easy for you to just say, do squats, have a, you know, because, you know, I'm, I'm going to work on my abs. So have have a lean protein, low calorie, low fat diet, high, high cardio and ab work. To, to, to get, you know, to, the to physical, to, to make the physical to, look better, to make the physical look better. But if you're empty on the inside, yes. you got to you got to take care of, the, of that spiritual part and you got to take care of that mind mm-hmm. part, that that mental and emotional part of you. So so this is just not a regular old fitness book. It's not right. Because when you because when you you read your story, you're in, you know, I, you, you become inspired. I became inspired. I, I was telling you before we had started um, um, the show that um, when you, you know, when you were running track um, and still in high school and doing some of the indoor um, track meets, like your first time going to the indoor track yes. meets, you're like, oh, my goodness, the crowd is even louder <laughs> and larger in here. And and, right. and I was like, oh, okay, so when I go to my boot camp class <laughs> at, at my local gym, Angie, you better run the whole time. Do not walk. <laughs> Althea pushed herself. You can push yourself. Oh, and wow. so I would, you know, so I, it, it pushed me to to run the for to run the, for the duration of the time I'm supposed to run for my boot camp class. Yes, even though you're hurting and your mind is saying, and I'm out of breath, and I'm like, I hate this class, but I love it because I love the results that is yes. that is giving me. Yes, yes. right, so right. You have to do the work if you want the results. You have to do the work to do the results. So, so when when you when you did this the this this the spiritual physical um mental um fitness guide and you you you're explaining your your background story then we understand the pushing through yes to 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 get to the next level to get to the next plateau yes. because you you because you know where you came from you remember your history yes and and you was carrying it with you the entire time it was like a zoo on my back right right you said a zoo a zoo of animals on my back. Right, forget a monkey. <laughs> it was like a zoo of animals on my back. Right. Oh yeah. my goodness. Right, a zoo, a zoo of animals. Oh my goodness. So that's track terminology, by the way. Oh, is it? Yeah. Oh, okay. That's how you feel when you're coming down that long, that last straightway. Uh huh. And your body just feels like somebody is holding you down, and you're trying to move faster, but you you can't because you're you're exhausted. Right. That's, right. That's what we talk about. The zoo is on my back. The zoo is on my back. <laughs> Right. Okay. Well, yeah. I, I'm not. I'm not an Olympian. But but when I'm in my boot, my one hour boot camp, class, doesn't feel like a zoo is on your back. It feels like a herd of elephants. So <laughs> <laughs> you can understand now. A pack now. of wolves. <laughs> a flock of birds. That's right. The zoo is on your the back. The zoo is on my back. Yes. Okay. You know, let's let, let's take a break here, and let and when we come back. Let's talk about the Olympic adventure. Okay. And and just just all of this glory. And you guys, she brought her Olympic medal with her today. <laughs> you guys are gonna have to go on the Facebook page <laughs> to, to, to see that. We have a real Olympian 
um, with us here today. You are listening to Conversation Peace on Radio Justice Morning Wake Up Call. I am your host, Angela Birdsong, and we will hear more about three-time Olympian Althea Moses from her international bestseller, Irresistibly Fit, where perseverance meets track and field and heads to the Olympics. We'll be right back. Know where to start, probably cause I'm playing such a huge part in terminating rap professionals. One aggressive dancer from rock, have a somber and sonoring out the studio in mass rap professional. The lyrical messiah from the district of Columbiana, where fast talkers prey upon the meat with that arm and hammer. I'm giving you a peek of your future, this is sonic grammar. Annihilating any opposition with the sonic ammo. It's a gamble going up against the illest flow. But a while you known for how hard my penicillin go. Extraterrestrial from out the inner city, they resent me cause of how my aim. Antenna in a silly glow My braggadocious magnum opus got him wide open Them visionary bars keep the third eye focused I'm trying to spark a revolution with these five opens These IG celebrities too busy being anti-social But I'm the people's champ Ali every release I ever tamper with a trampoline Any foes to get into my way Rumble anybody in the concrete jungle Heading entire underground chains Side rock who my yay I'm illuminating every verb and now With my vocabulary Have them start rumors trying to ruin my day But I still throw a pyramid with every lyric spit to paparazzi Keep them watching every room I lay Honey skin diamond out the roughest part of the terrain The land standing and repairing under Morris rain Pressure got me snapping on the drum patterns Claiming every block within the earshot until the Lord's domain I didn't have family backstabbing till my blood run And no friends to help me down when I ain't had none of strangers trying to sell me follows and ads like madmen Cause I'm on W mad covers modern and fans and fashion I'm a rhyme assassin call me shop shooter Got the locks bound to knot it up just like a black Buddha why they chasing at the bread queen Rob Gouda? I'm stacking silver chips and made top of gold Gouda. Once an honor roll student of the crab, now I'm giving demonstrations on the basics in the lab. If you ain't taking notes, I'm assuming you up for grabs. And I bust and leave your rap career in stasis on a petri glad. Never been no play play. Ready, catch me smiling in a picture. I be working hard to turn these spiritual lines of scriptures. They want my verses guaranteed to make you part of like how she wind into the game. I make her non the plume on music Welcome back to Conversation Peace. I am your host, Angela Birdsong, with author and Olympian Althea Moses. She was blindsided in her personal life, but had courage to choose faith and exercises to triumph over suffering and pain. Yes. yes. Now, you're on the track team at Morningside High School in Inglewood, California. Yes. You're also on the basketball team, the women's basketball team, which was a champion yes, championship yes. winning. That that's a I t- oh my goodness, this could easily be two shows, but we're <laughs> going to try to get it all in okay. with 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 one show. Um, now we're gonna we're gonna skip skip a lot of stuff, obviously. So so we obviously we, we know you Olympian, yeah. <laughs> so we know that that uh, high school track and field took you. To get to use it, it helped you a lot, but but did it help you heal? Did did it help? Did it help your spirit? Did it did it help? Did it help um, you you mentally? Did it help you emotionally? I don't think it helped me emotionally, Mm -hmm. but physically it kept me strong. Okay. Yes, 
emotionally, no. Mm-hmm. But spiritually, I mean, physically, definitely. Right. It, it didn't help me heal the mm-hmm. pains that I had, the emotional pains. Right. No. Right. And then how how wonderful that you were placed with three coaches that you can trust. Yes, that's true. Yeah, that's a huge blessing right there. Yes, indeed. Even my mother trusted them. Right, yeah. Coach Tatum, Coach Estrada, and Coach Taylor. Yeah, they're amazing. <laughs> right. I'm so glad that the three of them cared enough to, to, to take me on because, as I mentioned in the book, I walked onto the track team after track season had started, and uh, um, Coach Tatum was welcoming and, and uh, you know, told me to try running this and run that just to see what I was, what my strengths were. And, and so um, I felt comfortable knowing that he wanted me to be on his team. He gave me an opportunity to, even though I came out so late after basketball season. Yeah. And, and so that's when um, my freshman year, I jumped pretty well, 30-something feet. And then Coach Tatum reassessed. Uh, over the summer, he did something. And and he got that aha moment that I am, you know, I can do pretty good in, in the jumps. So he called one of his friends, Daryl Taylor, and Daryl was hired. And and Daryl, he was actually, um, he was training for the, the 1990, um, what, what year was that? The 1990, the 1988 Olympics. Yes, he was training for that. I met him in 86. And so it was good time because he was training. He was very knowledgeable. He knew other feet jumpers, world-class jumpers. And, and so it was, a good, um, it was a good experience for me to learn from the best. He exposed me to that. Right. And so when you, you know, because when I'm reading, reading your book and you're, you keep um, envisioning yourself at the next level, you're like, next year I am going to I'm going to CIF finals. I'm going to the semifinals. I'm going to the the state um, championship. The right. I'm going to the state championship. I'm going to beat my time. I'm going to I'm going to um, beat beat certain people. Be, beat right. <laughs> beat certain people. Right. Right. I'm going to I'm going to jump out the pit and you know and 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 then you and then you learn things as as you didn't make make it to yes. the, to the state finals the first time right um you you're like okay i didn't i didn't listen to my coach mm-hmm. when i was supposed to take time between both events yes and 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 just get my head right get my head straight get my timing right yes um get I'll, my markers right or get my breath back okay mm-hmm. just get my breath back after running a fast 800 meter run right yeah 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 i learned the hard way so right. you have to listen to your coaches, anyone who is in sports, because they know what they're doing. Right, right, yeah. Um, so now you're finished at high school. You're at UCLA. Yes, on scholarship. On scholarship. <laughs> That's important. <laughs> I was so good. I was number uh, in the triple jump. I was. I had the third best triple jump mark in the country in '88. So I was highly recruited. And I could go to any school I really wanted to. But I decided to stay local because I wanted a UCLA degree. And UCLA degrees, it's world-renowned. 
And I knew I would be living in Los Angeles after tracks, um, track years were over. So I chose UCLA. Right, right. Yeah. And, and running, so running track at UCLA, you're on, on a team where there were so many stars, oh, stars. <laughs> right, present and former stars, <laughs> Flo Jo and, you know, the, the yeah, Kiersey's, right. The, the Kevin um, Youngs, the Danny Everett's, the Steve Lewis, the um, Jackie Joanna Kersey. Yes. Um, uh, Just everybody. Janine Vickers, Carol uh Carl Smith, it go, the list is huge. Right, and it just goes on. <laughs> right, so there, so what a huge accomplishment. Yes, thank you. Yeah, yeah, and uh, and congratulations to you. Thank you know, you. that's, you know, I, I just, it's just wonderful. You know, I think everybody likes stories of deliverance mm-hmm. and, and stories of, of, of overcoming the, the yes. odds because cause it's inspiring. Yes. Because it, and then it and then it puts you in check, so that you know for you know for 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 most people because everybody has a story, but most of us we whine about little things, <laughs> and and here you know you 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 are overcoming huge things, immigrating to America illegally, yeah, illegal um, immigration, yes, um, but get here and have the opportunity to get your green card, to become a U.S. citizen. You became a U.S. citizen in 1998. 1999. 1999. Very good. <laughs> <Reading>. <laughs> I, I read your book. Yes, yes. Although I couldn't remember where the Martin Luther King quote was <laughs> on page 12. But, but right. the, um, you know, so, so, you know, so your story is, is, is powerful. Thank you. Yeah, yeah. So now, so you're at UCLA. And now you're finished. You graduate. You you have your degree, and now you're running professionally and in, yes. in open men and women's yes. meets. Yes, yes, right. And now you're at the 1996 Ooh. Olympics in Atlanta. That was the greatest event of my life. The greatest athletic event of my life, I should say. It was awesome. It was. I had experience, got a taste of it from winning the Junior Olympics in when I was a junior in high school. Do you remember that? Yes. Yes. And uh, um, the city of Inglewood made a big deal about it with awards and so on. And actually breaking the record in the, in the Olympics for that one as well. So I got a taste of the Olympic experience. It was That's the mini version of it. So when I got to the real, the big one, the 1996 Olympic Games, it was mind-blowing. It was amazing. Right, Just yeah. make my spirit move as I talk about it right now. Right, it right. It was amazing. And and your mother's co-workers bought her a ticket to come. Because she couldn't afford to buy one. Right. Yes. Right. Yes, they told her, you need to be there to see your daughter in the Olympics. And they put a fund, they, they did a donations yes. to buy that, that ticket for her. Right. And she was able to see me compete in the 1996 Olympics. In Atlanta, Georgia. In Atlanta, Georgia. <laughs> <laughs> right. The picture is her hanging out with me in the Olympic Village, and we eating in the big kitchen. Yes. And meeting the other athletes. It was, it was incredible. Right, right. I'll never forget it. And she'll never forget it either, she says. I'm, I'm sure that that is something, that, you know, that you will never forget. 
um, either experiencing it yourself or having a loved one, let alone your first daughter. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> right, your your first daughter uh, being um, an Olympian. Yeah. Um, so also in your book, you... Now, so this is the part that I want everybody to understand, that when she when she wrote this book about the, the, the fitness part for for the physicality for your body, that she experienced having a soft body like most of us. Because yes. after you finished with the Olympics, you was like, I'm done. Yes. I'm eating all the junk food <laughs> that I can. And I did. And I'm not running anymore. I'm not lifting weights. And yes. forget about all that. Because 13 years, it, it controlled my life. 13 years so I was done with tracking I mean working out and eating right or eating clean I was done with that and then my body got soft I did not like how it looked after about a year right the arms I, I didn't have the tone anymore I wasn't as strong I didn't have as much energy as I had those 13 years right so I got a wake up call right <laughs> <laughs> right so but I, but I want everybody to know that that you know you're not writing this book as as a person who has been fit all of their adult life, but that you experience um, soft just, muscles, soft, soft buttocks, <laughs> soft arms, soft muscle, soft back. The, the bra straps start cutting in the back in my back, right? Because that muscle tone was gone, right? Yeah, yeah. And <laughs> and my stomach was I didn't have the the, the muscle tone anymore. I had a little pooch. Right. After about a year, because I ate a lot of junk. I mm-hmm. drank a lot of sodas, ate McDonald's. I just was treating myself because after 13 years of sacrificing right, and eating clean and mm-hmm. and all that hard training, four, five, six days a week, I was, I'm not doing that anymore. I don't have to. Right. I didn't think I, that would happen to me, though, until mm-hmm. I turned in my 40s. Mm-hmm. But I was 27 when it happened to me. Whoa! Between twenty six and twenty seven, right? Yeah, I saw the the, the transformation change. And okay. I didn't like it. Now, this is the second time I heard you use this term, eating clean. And I I know in your book you you do have a nutritional that's the chapter um, twelve part. Yeah, in there, right? Chapter twelve on page two hundred and nine. It starts with nutritional choices, calories, um, three effective ways to manage your weight, and um, and then you even talk about the three different body types. Yeah. Uh, so, what is eating clean? Um, it's making healthy choices, eating, getting your fruits, your vegetables, your grains, your whole grains, drinking water, uh, basically eating healthy. That's what it means to me. Eating healthy. Yeah, making healthy choices. Right. Okay. And so, th- so this is this is you know when I got to parts of of your book and I'm doing my my five day a week workout and seeing my lab work numbers are decreasing and then I saw that picture of you <laughs> but you got pictures throughout the uh, throughout um, your book yes I have but over 70 pictures in the book over 70 I, I love book, books with pictures in it <laughs> but but when I got to the ab shot when you know you have here I am happy with my fit abs I said <laughs> I want to be happy with my fit abs you know and oh and this is the other thing I want everybody to know that Starting starting on page 147, that's when she starts having affirmations with each workout oh, yes. for, for the two-day workout. Um, the first one, affirmation is, you can do it. Yeah, You can do it. I believe you. 
you can do it. Right. Right. So I believe I can get some, I can be happy with some fit abs. <laughs> yes, you can. Right. And I'm, uh, so, and that's why I want to do the 99 day irresistibly fit challenge with boss lady of fitness, Althea Moses. I know that's a long title, but you and know, we, it's a work in progress. It's a, right? it's a work in, it's a work in progress. <laughs> she was trying to, she was trying to edit it to something different, but I, I said, we stick it with this right I now. I do like the 99 day. <laughs> and you like, she likes the 99 I day. I do like the 99 day. Okay. So 99 day irresistibly fit. That's what I, my goal is going to be. And this, this challenge will end on October 9th. It, it, you know, so it begins today, July 3rd, but it ends on October, um, October 9th will give us the 99 days. Okay. And my 99 day challenge for myself is for, is the app. I want to have, want to tighten it up. I want to I want to tighten it up. Okay. For for sure, and I and I've already been doing the the Brazilian butt, butt squeeze. squeeze. Yeah, when I brush my teeth in the morning, I'm doing the Brazilian, um, the Brazilian Belizean, Belizean. Oh my goodness, yeah, Belizean. We're in South Central America, <laughs> in Central America, not in South America. So the Belizean butt, butt squeeze. squeeze, and that works <laughs> when I'm when I can't get to the gym. I do that in my house. I do that while I'm out, just standing around. I squeeze my butt, and it really gives you that nice onion look. You know, you've heard of the onion, right? The apple bottom mm-hmm. gives you that nice curve. The, the nice squeeze curve. Squeeze and hold. Squeeze, squeeze and hold. Mm-hmm. Right. I, well, I, I would try to do it right now on the air, but I may forget <laughs> where we are. <laughs> and 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 because I I need to be able to concentrate on 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 the the physical movement yeah. so that I really am getting um, being happy with with the results of the the workout. Before we go, I want you to just let us know where can we find your book and talk a little bit about your official book launch on July 7th. Okay. Yes, you can find my book at AltheaM.com. That's Althea, my first name, and my middle, my last initial M, as in Moses, dot com. So AltheaM.com. You can also find it at um, Amazon.com. They have the ebook there at Amazon.com. And my official book launch, I call it Irresistibly Fit. Uh, it's next week, Saturday, July 7th. 2018. Actually, it's this week coming up because yes. July 3rd is, is today, right? Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> yes, it's July 7th at the Inglewood Library Lecture Hall. And it's a building right next to the Inglewood Library. We're going to have a good time there. It's, it's my motivational fitness event of the year. You can't miss it. Can't miss it. Three-time Olympian Althea Moses. Yes, and I'll be talking about um, how to be irresistibly fit, not just the physical but the spiritual as well how you build a spirit with um, mantras and um, prayer, meditation. That's how we build the mental, right. and the mind, and the spirit, and the physical, of course. I'll be modeling mm-hmm. some um, ways, like the Belizean butt freeze, right. how to do that to tighten up your butt. Right. Yes, <laughs> yes. Okay. All right. Well, we unfortunately, we are out of time. And Althea, thank you so much for, for sharing your story with us today on Conversation Peace. And thank you for being authentic. You're welcome. In person and in print. Yes. Very, very, very refreshing. Thank you. Yes. It's an honor to be on your show. It really is. Thank you for giving me the opportunity to share with the world 
irresistibly fit and the authentic Althea. The authentic Althea. Yes. Yes. I love the authentic Althea. Thanks, Angela. Yes. Yes. Now, number one international bestseller, Irresistibly Fit, by three-time Olympian Althea Moses. Join her for the Motivational Fitness Event of the Year. Learn how to become a spiritually strong, sexy, and firm person everyone admires and no one can resist. (laughs) (laughs) Official book launch July 7th, 3 to p.m. at Inglewood Library Lecture Hall, 101 West Manchester Boulevard in Inglewood. Also, check out the Althea Fitness class at Darby Park Studio in Inglewood on Tuesdays and Thursdays, 6.30 to 7.30 by appointment only. And also for Saturdays, the Althea Health Club, Fitness Club. Um, at the Edward Vincent Park. You can find this information on her website at altheam.com. You can also call her at 310-740-1157. I just want to thank Leslie Radford, the visionary of RJLA, Adam Rice, Program Director, Michael Washington of M. Wash So for the opening and closing theme song. And always you, our RJLA family. Follow us on Radio Justice Facebook. Give us some love. Give us some likes. As you listen to us worldwide, anytime on RadioJustice.org. To replay, revisit, and review any of my previous shows, please go to RadioJustice.org and click on Conversation Piece. Also, Radio Justice LA events for July 2018. RGLA film screening with Q&A of 1948 about occupied Palestine produced by Professor Alain Mustafseb. This is a fundraiser, date to be determined, and will be at RGLA Studios in Los Angeles. Another RGLA fundraiser, July 28th. 4 p.m. at the Peace Center, 3916 Sepulveda Boulevard in Culver City for music, food, and fun. Come and hang with your favorite RJLA host. For more information about these fundraisers, go to RadioJustice.org or our Facebook page. And, of course, I will always have details on my upcoming Facebook Live announcements on Tuesdays. I'm Angela Birdsong. Once again, thank you for allowing me to share this special experience, a conversation piece on Radio Justice with you. Remember to be on guard, stand firm in the faith, be brave, be courageous, and let all that you do be done with love.